So we're here today presenting the Football on the 40 podcast. You're a group of friends that met at the University of Texas that have stuck, stuck together through the highs and lows of Texas football over the past 10 or so years without a single gratifying season ending in a championship. And we're not going anywhere. So we're going to come at you every week with our perspective on the program and what's happening on the field and just chit chat with each other and enjoy the ride. So we are led by a Longhorn legend. According to Smiley Texas Hearsay, he once sang Django Walker, Texas Longhorn in a Montessori school talent show. Our very own Las Vegas Golden Nugget High Roller, Jake Robinson. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. All right. He ain't no sugar daddy, but he comes from the land of sugar. He loves Zoom so much he got married there. He once believed California was a better state to live in than Texas and somehow lived to tell the tale. The man in the arena, your friend in the bucket hat, Bowen Kai. Thanks, Jake. Happy to be here. Excited to chat with everyone. All right. Up next, we have hailing from sunny San Marcos resident big four consultant and cloud guru guaranteed to leave the group text during texas football games dead beat dog daddy known by nicknames like kev beans kelly and kev bieber your friend and our first person to speak kevin guy mathis all right happy to be here jake it's gonna be a fun ride up next we have our Spurs-loving, chocolate-hating, eternal optimist. He once scored 30 points in an IM basketball loss and berated his teammates for low T after the game. He knows the score of every Texas OU game this century, the godfather, Andrew Harris. Pleasure to be here. Uh, this podcast will not be low T by any means, and, you know, it'll be a fun time. Let's go. All right, and finally, we have our patron saint of Highland Park. If you cross him in a game of Halo or Warzone, he will shake you to your bones. No one can deny his love for Deep Eddie Ruby Red or the soft place in his chiseled heart for Aspen Mathis. He doesn't respond to fan mail. The one, the only, Hamilton Lizer. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. <laughs> Okay, okay. Let's get started. This is the portion of the show where we look back and overreact about everything we saw in the previous week of Texas football. So to start off our overreaction observations, take it away, Bo. Oh, I mean, what a beatdown. It's so nice to just not not stress out about, about a game and just kind of just ride ride the high. I mean, my overreaction from the game, Bijan's going to win the Heisman. I looked at the odds again. He's like third or fourth running back favored, but he, he's still got it in the bag. He's going to come out strong. We're not going to get into game preview, but, man, I loved what I saw from him. He's just going to keep those wheels moving. we got a great running back room. Really, really great work by Bijan. I think – I also enjoyed the game. The first and, and third games of these season have been so refreshing <laughs> after 
feeling like, you know, every single game is a war, is a fight in the Herman era. Winning a few games by, you know, more than 10 points, we're very appreciative. But my overreaction is if this team is not playing in Austin, you can consider that a loss. Uh, we show up at home big time. I think the team is enjoying the new South end zone and Sark is, you know, making himself at home in Austin, but they definitely have something to figure out because we've seen three games and two very different teams playing. Um, I loved how excited our team was and how confident they strolled out. Um, you know, they just kind of rolled into the win there. Um, but we can't forget about Fayetteville. Some of us in this conversation spent 10 hours last weekend in the car driving there and coming back very disappointed. Um, this team still has some issues that we need to work through for sure on the road, especially. Yeah. Having, having been one of those, those guys that made the trip up to Fayetteville um, I was happy this game, but the biggest reaction that overreaction that I have is actually uh, the deep Eddie Lemon seltzers. Those were so good in the game. I think that like that is a big addition to the South end zone. And, and honestly, the best, the overreaction, best seltzer I've ever had. Where, where do you get the set seltzer? Uh, South end zone's where I got mine. I think there's a couple places though. The How South, much was it? Southwest corner. Not you forgot. That's how good. Eleven dollars. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Crystal Conti. CDC the goat. You know, Andy overreaction. For me, I think this is what you say a vision game. You know, um, everyone has their vision board for whatever company they work for. Some things are achievable, some things are not. And we'll see what happens with Sark going forward. But um, I think this is a vision Sark has. The, if he can get the right type of players, we will win, start winning championships very soon. So uh, it depends how Sark recruits. And, you know, going to SEC is not going to be an easy task. But um, if we do get the right players, I do think we win championships in the SEC and we can – hopefully win a national championship too. So uh, it's excited about the in the first segment. I love it. Okay. MFK, mistake, fire, keep. So you're going to shout off your biggest, our biggest mistake of the game. You know, your favorite coach you want to fire right now and the player to keep your eye on. Whoever wants to jump in, go for it. I can go first with this one, Jake. I think uh, the biggest mistake of the game was Casey deciding to throw the ball when he was getting tackled and throwing an interception. Um, but the theme of the night was, you know, he didn't let that get to him. I think that's a key difference between he and Hudson. He has more experience. He gets over the mistakes and keeps moving forward. So although that was a mistake, I think it, you know, turned out to be a plus and probably good for the team and for Casey in the long run. The coach that I want to fire uh, regardless of how many rushing yards we had this Saturday, I still want to fire Kyle Flood. Um, I think our offensive line has some huge improvements to be made, and we've talked a little bit about wanting to see some starter changes on the offensive line. So um, I don't think that the starting lineup has changed in the depth chart this week. So uh, because of that, Kyle Flood needs to go. Bye, Kyle. And I'll be firing a coach every week. So more to come on that. Nothing personal. Offensive line sucks. 
Um, player to keep our eye on, Keelan Robinson. And I think I won't be the only person to say that. He is so fast. And I texted you guys that my favorite highlight of the game was watching how fast he sprinted to the, the sideline after blocking the punt. He was so pumped. And his body language after that play just told me a lot about this team and the young talent on the team that makes me super excited. So, Keelan Kev, Kev, how much of a head start you would need, you would need in a race with him <laughs> and y'all are just running 100 yards? <laughs> if we were running, if we were running a hundred yards. I think I would need like a sixty-yard head start. <laughs> I still think he would beat me. He was moving. Like I don't know who the blockers were in front of him in that highlight, but he was cruising past them. It was awesome to see. Yeah, I've had a player that has that type of acceleration probably since like, man, that's tough. Marquise Jamal Charles. Yeah, Marquise. Marquise was, yeah, he had that type of speed. But I mean, it's been a while. For sure. For sure. All right. I can I can take this one next. Um, for me, I feel like the biggest mistake of the game was on Keelan on his blocked punt that he was so fast that the ball went out of the end zone and we only got two points there instead of recovering it and pouring on seven points. The fact that the ball is allowed to just go out of the end zone is just, we put, we have five points that we could have put on the board. I mean, that's from, from that game that, that was my, I, I just, it just hurt my soul to, to see that ball just flutter out of the end of the end zone. As far as, as far as coach, I want to fire. That one's hard. I mean, I think, like Kev said, Mr. Flood is is probably the easy answer. I'm really not sure, you know, on the in Twitter sphere, a lot of people are saying that Christian Jones and, and Mr. Okafor have something on Mr. Flood. Maybe some some tapes or some some things that were said behind closed doors in practice. Something. I don't want to be, you know, a conspiracy because that's 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 news. I I don't know. I don't know. Sources say we can't confirm, can't confirm. Inside but sources, inside sources. You heard it here first. Not I don't know. These rumors. <laughs> as far as player, I want to keep my eye on. I've long told these guys I'm a huge fan of the tight end position, especially the tight end position in the Sarkeesian offense. And Mr. Banks has been just crushing it. And Jared Wiley on some of these plays that I saw him on coming back, his route running was awesome on his. Um, touchdown that he had in the I think it was the second quarter or the first quarter I can't remember now but he just ran a great route faked the block ran right down the left side field and straight into the end zone great hands and just keeping an eye on how they're blocking that's definitely I want to see him stay healthy and continue to just roll into the conference play I, I noticed that one too Bowen I saw how he kind of settled into I think it was behind in a soft yeah. spot in the zone he he slowed down and had the had the self-awareness or realization of what the defense was doing. And he actually slowed down and, and kind of juked by by not running as hard as he could have. And agreed. Casey threw him open, it hit him in stride. That was awesome. That was, yeah, that was that was definitely one of my favorite plays. Yeah. For sure. My biggest the biggest mistake I saw was I don't know why we played Bijan to start the second half. Um I also think he's just so athletically freakish that 
I don't know if he is capable of getting injured. Um, oh, don't say that. Don't. Oh, it's a podcast. We're, we're going to need to edit that out, Ham. <laughs> we're going to need to edit that. He had 299 rushing yards, right? For the I season. Yeah, for the season. I thought that was for the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think you're just playing him. I know Sark kind of wants that attitude where you're not going to um, put your – Put off the gas pedal, pun intended. But um, I just, I just think you're bringing on unnecessary risk when you're playing him. Uh, I don't want to fire any coaches this week. They're a great, great game. I know that's not part of the bit, but I was happy with all the coaches this week. And uh, player to keep my eye on. Um, that's a tough one. I was going to say Keelan, but Kevin, Kev stole it, so we can move on with that. Kev, I know you you have a tough time saying nice things about the Texas program. So can you say just one nice thing? It's probably going to be pretty easy for you this week. But my, my week one nice thing, my one nice thing, and my I'm salty always, but I was not fully bought into the new Longhorn built in to the stadium, and have been outspoken about that since we saw renderings, but. Uh, being there the first time in person this season, I thought that it, it was done really well. It didn't look gimmicky. And I noticed that uh, the DKR staff had, you know, distracting lights going on the order of that during third down when we were on defense, which I thought was really, really kind of snazzy. So, Wait, so, so um, why didn't you like it in the rendering? What do you think it looked like? I thought, well, one, two reasons. Um, I'm a big Google Maps guy, and if you look at it on Google Maps, it's it's down, which I think is just a bonehead move for us to build something like that. Um, you know, because north is up, and everyone knows that. Everyone's looking from the sky. And the second reason is it just, I can't put my finger on it, but it reminds me of, you know, it's just one of those things. It just, it makes me, uh, I don't know, it just looks like something I'm not really sure so is it is it is the goalpost actually off center like for those that have been in the stadium like is it actually it seems like it's actually off center i i think it is that's that blows my mind i mean i think like it i think it's i guess it it need i i don't know i don't even know i i can't believe that it's actually off center yeah Uh, is there like a reason is there a good reason andy i I haven't heard one so, all right, we're going to also every week at the end of our reactions, uh, take a look back at the previous four coaching regimes and rank them based on that week's performance. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, it, it can change. It can change on a weekly basis. You know, Sark might be the, oh, the worst coach rank, we've had in the last four years. Four. Like, yeah, who, Mac, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, Everyone that's in the car. Everyone that's in the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's easy. I'll go first. Um, I mean, Mac is still number one for sure. Like, hands down. You got to look at the totality of the program while he was here. You can look at, like, three weeks of ups and downs. Um, I, I can't stand Tom Herman, so he's definitely going to be last no matter what. And uh, so Sark, Sark's already to number two in my book. Charlie, Charlie's, like, kind of tied there somewhere in there at number two, but Tom Herman's 
like eight. Yeah, wow. you put a lot of faith in, in Charlie. Char- Charlie Ty for number two is a, is a big, yeah, big, a big, big move. I feel like for me, I probably have we- to agree with Mac number one, but I guess it depends on like, you know, if like what you said, Jake, like if you're, if you're ranking kind of like the whole body of work versus like, I guess one way you could think about it is like, where were they on the day they, if, if, you know, assuming Sark was, this was like his last game or something, you know, if we're to rank them, you know, on their last day, maybe the ranking feels a little different for me, for example. Well, I guess the, the ranking could look different then, but I was also thinking that like the recruiting class that like Mac left Charlie was, we were, Andy had posted the TCU game from 2015 um, in our group chat earlier today. And I was just looking at the, the receiver room on the, <laughs> on the stats there. And I was like, wow, <laughs> these were the receivers that we had in 2015. We had swoops. Oh my gosh. That was, I can't believe that we, and that was like the peak of our college collegiate, you know, like that was our prime. And but we when just, you have serious talent, like Case McCoy throwing bullets <laughs> at the two yard wide receivers. It does. It does make everyone better, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think mine would probably still be, um, probably Mac, Sark, Tom, and then it's probably still Charlie. I don't know. At the very end, I think I think I'm Mac, Tom, and then I don't know if if it's Sark or Charlie to round it out at fourth. I think it's. To be determined, oh and and for the record, that that's me ranking my the dimensions that I'm ranking them on is solely on wins and losses. If we're talking about the man, I think that looks different. And obviously, Charlie, you know, earned a ton of trust and brownie points with the fan base just by being a great person. But Charlie had, you know, what two losing seasons and just everything looked terrible. So I love Charlie the man, but I think at the end of the season, I'll be ranking him fourth. Yeah, I, I, I obviously you got to go with Mag first. I think you got to go with Tom second, even though it kind of pains us to say that because he did take us to the Big 12 championship. Sark has yet to do that. So as much as it pains me to say that, um, I think I have to go Tom too. Um, going to be ahead of Herman for you the whole. I mean, Tom's going to be ahead of Sark all year. No, I might change if we if we go on a little run here. Um, yeah, Sark easy three, and then Charlie dead last. But um, yeah, but in a moment we're going to give you a glimpse in the past. Of, of a legendary Longhorn moment. But first, this ad break. This inaugural episode of Football in the 40 is brought to you by Kai Money. Steadfast, rugged, dependable on third down. Kai, if you're out there, please reach out to us on our social medias. And we have a lucrative $75 NIL deal with all the perks waiting for you whenever you want it. Come build your brand. Texas by 40. Welcome back to the Football on the 40 podcast. Um, so at this moment, um, we're going to break down a legendary Longhorn moment. Um, that's a little rough. 
Um, so back in 2003, we had a pretty nice and competitive game against who we are playing this weekend, Texas Tech. And um, it was a kind of a back and forth affair, um, really close game the whole time. And um, I think Vince started the game. Um, but at that point in his career, he was not known for his passing uh, by any means. And Tech took the lead with about two minutes left in the game. And everyone in the stands were, was a little nervous, even though Tech's defense wasn't very strong at that point. Um, and in comes Chance Mock. I don't know if y'all remember him or not. Um, he had a little run as a, as the starting QB at Texas, but comes into the game ice cold. Um, reminds us of I am days in the past. You know, we can relate. Um, but no, on a serious note, Chance Mock came in and uh, threw a deep pass. I think it was like at least 50 yards to Roy Williams, moved us way down the field. Um, and then he threw a game winning pass to BJ Johnson with 49 seconds left in the game. And Texas ended up winning the game. Uh, Tech missed a field goal at the end of the game uh, to tie and go to overtime. Um, and yeah, so that was a big moment in the um, in the 2003 season. We ended up um, we ended up winning the rest of our games until our bowl game where we lost to Washington State, and we looked like trash in that game. But you know that that was better times than right now, so you can't can't really complain about the past. All right, what was our record in the league that year? Overall, uh, we were ten and three overall at the time. I have the box score up right now. We were nine and two um, after that game. Nice, nice. Thanks for that legendary Longhorn moment, Andrew. All right, we're gonna move on. We're gonna start looking forward. Gonna start discussing the. Texas Tech Red Raiders, are we excited? Are we nervous? Are we apathetic? What, what are we thinking, Bo? Definitely nervous. Definitely nervous. I feel like going into conference play, just fresh off a beat down, it would just be the most Texas thing ever if we just came out and fell flat. I'm super nervous. You know, this weekend is definitely – this Texas game is, is not the most important thing we're doing this weekend. For those of y'all are listening in, yours truly is going to be celebrating his, his one-year wedding. And Let's so that's go. obviously going to be the most important thing on Saturday. But this game at 11 a.m., I mean, regardless of how it goes, the wedding's going to be amazing. But I'm definitely nervous going into this, this game against Tech. Like, I – I don't really know much about them. I know where the line is opened at and I know where it shifted and that's a kind of a preview to where we'll go into next. But yes, I would, I would fully characterize myself as, as 10 on the nervous scale. Well, not a 10. Whoa. Maybe, Whoa, that's, that's maybe a seven. I, I came out pretty hard with the 10. I would, <laughs> I would maybe say, I'd call it 7.5. Wow. Oh, are you going to watch the game on Saturday? Yeah, we're going to watch probably at least the first half before heading over to the venue. And then, yeah, and so hopefully that's all we need to watch. Yeah. No, I mean, I I kind of agree with what you said, Bo. It, it's definitely a nerve-wracking game because we saw what happened when we played 
an Arkansas team that maybe they're a little bit better than we thought, but um, I don't know. We didn't really have high expectations for Arkansas going into that game and look what they did to us. We are playing at home at DKR, so that'll be a big difference. Um, but I do think Tech is a little bit better, or I don't know if that's the right term, maybe more well-rounded this year than previous years, um, which is concerning, especially with our um, offensive line. I don't know if we'll be able to get the push. I don't know if I'll go 7.5 on the nervous scale. I, I'm not dealing with six. I still think we should win. Uh, I would be kind of surprised if we didn't, but um, I don't. I definitely don't think this is a um, just a pushover game by any means. I I think I'm. I don't know how I would characterize how I feel about this game. I think I'm cautiously excited. Um, I do think. You know, like Andrew said, and I said before, our team plays very well at home. And when I compare this to playing Louisiana, uh, I, I haven't looked at Tech's roster that in depth, but I doubt that they're as deep on offense, especially on the back end as Louisiana is. And I doubt that they have that much experience on the skill position side of defense. So it could be, you know, it will be a high scoring game. I think each team is going to score more than 30. Um, We'll be very frustrated at times when we're on defense because Tech is going to, you know, rattle off several big plays and stay with us. And I, I don't think it'll be a satisfying experience, but it's going to be an entertaining game to watch. Um, I'm cautious because if we go two and two, that's obviously heartbreaking. And we would lose any semblance of momentum before we played TCU in Oklahoma, which is going to be the hardest part of our schedule of the year. So there's quite a bit riding on this. Um, players I'm going to look for on their side is, you know, their, their top two running backs are both averaging over seven yards a carry. So we, we've been told about this defensive line on our team, you know, throughout the summer and have been hyped up and our expectations are unrealistic there to some extent, but our defensive line is going to have to step, step up to stop their run. And then uh, on the defensive side for Texas tech, I think it's Colin Schooler, Brendan Schooler's brother plays linebacker. For tech so we'll be looking for them to uh shake hands after the game and hopefully brendan give his brother a little nuggy after we beat him yeah i, I think can't, can't. i think um i i'm like not that nervous about this game not because i'm confident we're gonna win it's just it's i think this game will tell us a lot about where this season is headed and um will the players be excited for a game that's tech right usually this is the game you're like this is the trap game this is the game you lose it's at home it's I, I think I think if we had a coach Charlie we definitely lose this game but I'm, I'm optimistic uh I'm optimistic we could actually win big so nervous a little bit not too much though yeah now really the most important question is would y'all have gone to the school if y'all were given a full ride <laughs> Yeah, this is this is like rapid fire. Um, I'm gonna go with no for me this week. Yeah, I'm gonna flat out no too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a go, hard no. I'm gonna go with maybe if you present 17 year old me with you know essentially 40 to 50 thousand dollars, I may have gone to tech. Maybe selling your soul. There's probably like Texas. there's probably like 12 Chinese people in all of Lubbock, so. <laughs> That would be challenging for me. 
it's, I'm, I, don't, I don't know about that. The business school, I feel like I've heard of it, right? I don't actually know what it's called. Is it Neely? No, that's not right. What is the business Probably school called? Oil and gas. Exactly. Some oil and gas, yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to be a, it's going to be a no for me. It's probably going to be a no a lot throughout throughout <laughs> the season. But oh no, Neely's TCU. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, no for me. Rawls. That's the name of the business school. Rawls. Yeah, not top ten. But neither is our football team. All right, key players we're monitoring. Bone, who are you looking for? I feel like for me, I, I need to look into more of the where, where PFF has graded some of the, um, the the second unit on the offensive line that came in. I would love to see not a specific player, but to see if I know that the depth chart got released and you know the usual suspects were still you know core core and, and starting, but be interesting to see if any of the takeaways or any of the learnings from the the reps that some of the some of the guys um that got that got some playing time and see if they are able to start to rotate in more um because i feel like we can all agree i mean i don't know that we're all any of us are super technical on the o-line fundamentals but i think the current group's just not getting it done and so it'll be interesting to see what if changes we make and if we're oh if the second half looks good again hopefully we can be also a bit more creative on um some of the uh, rotations that are out there so that's what i'll be monitoring the the o-line so you're saying my eighth grade blue team experience at, at center does not pay dividends for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> you might it's be about- able to give us some eighth grade technique but you know. <laughs> I was also the backup. So middle school football is definitely a topic for future conversation. <laughs> yes, we got it. We got to hear how everybody. Oh yeah. Oh, we're gonna have to have a we're gonna have to have a producer uh, a producer Hamilton segment there. That that'll yeah, probably right. have to be a, a live in the studio with with video <laughs> session too. I, I'm sure there's a meme out there of some picture that one of our mothers took of us trying to play football in seventh grade. Well, well that, that, that'll be a film breakdown, film breakdown of, of Hamilton Lizer. <laughs> Jump in here, Ham. Jump in here. Oh, Y'all know Baldy's we'll breakdowns. This will be a oh, Bose breakdowns. <laughs> so the, the, I think the players that I'm going to monitor, guys, is the Texas Tech quarterback, S-Do. I want to. I will, and I'm. What I'm looking for is how you pronounce his last name. Uh, is it Shu? Is it Esto? What's the spelling? I S H O U T H. Show. S H I E H. Tyler Shook. He looks like. He looks like an an efficient quarterback, and he's a Texas Tech quarterback, so he's going to throw all over us. But first quarter, I'm going to try to listen in and figure out how to spell his name. Pronounce his name. Yeah, he, he transferred from Oregon, too, so um, definitely had some good experience. Um, and it, I think it was Bo on this said this, but Tosh Brooks has had a really good st- start to the year, and uh, so Roderick Thompson really tore us up last year. Um, he had the big run to make it uh, 63-49 last year uh, before we made the, the 
they come back, or was it 6348? I think it was 6348. Um, Do you think he has dealt with injuries? He's their sixth leading rusher. Yeah, you, he's been out for the year. Uh, he he just played his first game last week. Got it. So, um, so yeah, he just played his first game last week. So, um, guys, we are coming up on a hard break. So you got about thirty seconds left. Uh, any other takeaways for this week's game? No, I think I, I think I'm good on my end. I hope it doesn't go into overtime because I'm going to get in trouble watching it on my phone during Bowen's wedding. Bowen's wedding is like three hours after the end of the game. <laughs> hey, we went to like five overtimes last year. <laughs> okay. Right, guys, we will be back after a short word from our sponsors. The upcoming gambling segment of Football on the 40 is brought to you by Stone Creek Ranch. A pleasant return to simpler times. Come to Stone Creek Ranch to enjoy activities ranging from riding Zero Dark Horsey, playing craps and landmines, watching your favorite team lose to Maryland on the indoor big screen, and coating the bar with sticky margaritas. Stone Creek Ranch, where dreams come true. All right, and we're back. Thanks for, for those of you all that have, have stuck with us so far. Hope you've enjoyed our, our maiden episode here on the 40. Our next segment is called Gambling Corner. So during this segment, we'll be recapping some of the, the bets from the previous game and previewing uh, some of the odd betting odds for this week. And then for games that there are prop bets available at the time of recording, we'll go into those as well. But we're also going to be introducing a season-long betting game. We're going to call this $1,000 Picks. So I stole this from a podcast that I listen to a lot where they have million-dollar million dollar picks, where they have a budget of a, th- of a million imaginary dollars that they just sprinkle around the season, and they just really just try to turn, turn a profit. Um, given that we are not millionaires, imaginary $1,000, I feel like, is, is a great place for us to great place for us to start. I think our collectively, some of those, some of us in the group, I would not say that we have necessarily won money on betting with Texas um, on the aggregate. In fact, I think we've, this is, this is a bit of a sidebar, but I think we've made more money betting on Alabama than we have on Texas. So that, 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 if that tells you a little bit about, you know, where Texas has been, while, while we've kind of come into gambling age, I think uh, that's, that says enough there. All right, but let's get into it. So this first, we'll be starting off with a bit of a recap on the previous game. So, you know, Texas and Rice. So we were 26 point favorites on Rice. The over, the over under was 52 and a half. So we both covered the spread and we single-handedly with no help from Rice covered the over as well. So all in all, a pretty great performance by Texas there. Um, you know, above the expectation. I don't actually know where most of the the yield was on on the Vegas side, but, you know, I think it's a great performance by Texas. I don't think any of us had taken – I don't think any of us put any money on this game given the, the week 
week two performance with Arkansas. I think we were all taking a break. Is that is that right, guys? I, I at least I didn't put any money on this game. That is, yeah, that's correct. And admittedly, my dad told me on Saturday morning that he was going to take Texas, and I was like, "Why in the heck are you taking Texas for twenty six points? We just got blown out." Um, so no, I would have definitely bet against us if I had bet last week. Dang, yeah. I mean, we were way too we were way too optimistic going in Arkansas, and that 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 kicked us in the butt. So, um, but anyway, looking ahead. Looking ahead to, to Texas at, um, you know, Texas Tech at Texas. So the line, I believe, opened around 12, depending on the book that you were looking at, 12 or 13. But now I don't think you can find it available for, um, I think it's about like eight and a half, nine. So that just definitely tells you, um, you know, a lack of confidence in, in Texas being able to cover the line moving down. So hopefully that's not, hopefully it kind of stays there and it kind of overcorrects a little bit and, and rides up a little bit, but yeah, definitely not, um, not a good, not a good sign from Vegas. The over under is 61 and a half what I'm seeing. So they expect it to be a bit of a high scoring game. Like Kevin said earlier in the podcast, he, he does expect both teams to be in the 30. So maybe that over, would be a would be a good bet to make as far as some of the betting statistics for texas tech and texas on the year so against the spread we're both two and one this will be the first game that actually this season that tech is going to be the underdog so it'll be interesting to see how they perform there um as far as covering um over under texas were two and one texas tech is is one and two i i think it's way too early to to really say much say much there but um, that's a little bit about what, you know, it kind of looks like on the front for this week. Are there any bets that you guys, that you guys like, do you guys like any of the, do you like us to cover? Do you like us to take the over? What are y'all thinking? I think both. And I'm more comfortable on the over than betting on the line, but, um, is the idea of the thousand dollar picks to put some imaginary money on these yeah yeah so we can do if you like both kev we can do a little nice little parlay parlay the over with with covering the spread we can do that we can also do some adjusted spreads adjusted lines too i i I need to take the take a look at the numbers after the after the podcast but yeah we can definitely let's get some money out there we gotta gotta spend money to make it how many games do we have left like eight I think I'll keep it simple with a $110 bet on the over. And don't bend my request me. This is the uh, imaginary $1,000 bow coin that we're playing with this season. (laughs) Absolutely. I like it. Anyone else? Anyone else like anything out here? Um, All right. So what was it? What was the over? Or I mean, what's the over under? The over-under is 61 and a half. So 62, you know, if you think, yeah, depending on what you think the final score prediction might be. Yeah, I'll, I'll put $50 on covering. So okay. we, have, we have a thousand to use all season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Each? Or- no, this is just this is us total. Oh. If, if, we, if we get something right, like if we get something right that goes towards our total right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
I, I, I recant $100. No, no, no. I like it. hundred. So we got, we got 160 on the game so far. Andy, let's get Andy. Let's get it. Let's get let's get a nice nice bet out of you for those for those for those listening. Andy Andy doesn't really really bet, so this imaginary bet is a good proxy to see you know how he'd fare in real life. So let's let's yeah. let's get some let's get something out there, Andy. What do you think? I mean, this imaginary bet might even put some stress on my marriage already. So <laughs> if you like us, hey. Also, Andy, you know if you like us in the first half. We're five and a half. If you think Texas is, is going to be off to a slow, s- slow start, maybe Tech covers that five and a half. Um, or if you think we'll have a slow first quarter, I think the line is three and a half there. So, yeah, no, I get think? that. I think I, I, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll split the two almost. I'll do 75 on the over. I think 75 on, on over. All right. I think 70, I like I'm at 61 for or 61 and a half. I, I think that's kind of a lower number. I don't think our defense has been super dominant yet. Um, I don't think Tech's defense has ever been super dominant either. And, I mean, I I, I think we can definitely get to 61. All right. I like it. Nothing says dominant like a shutout. Just to throw it out there. <laughs> we were also playing Rice. So. True. And I will say this is a little side note. I've probably lost more just from losing my wallet on Texas <laughs> in the last few months than Andy has lost in the conglomerate and all gambling in his life. So, yeah. yep. <laughs> and I just want, I just want the record to show I, I did have a bet on Bijan and Casey to win the Heisman and Texas to win the national championship. Oh, my wallet that is somewhere outside the MGM grand, Olympics. but uh, you know, Good luck to the soul that has has that winning Bijan Heisman ticket. You probably really find out what you're made of when you lose your wallet in Las Vegas. <laughs> All right, I next week. Okay, I, oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry. No, I was I was just gonna say like, do we need a win out for Bijan to win the Heisman? No. Yes. No. I think we I think 12. we can lose one more game at most. How many losses did uh, Baylor have when Robert Griffin won it? They had three. He, so it could happen, but Baylor was, was kind of – it's it different dynamics, I think, because Baylor before that literally did nothing for such a long time. I know we haven't, but we have the branding of like we have been there. Yeah. All right. Well, we got Kevin with 110 on the over, Andy with 75 on the over, Jake with 50 on Texas to cover the spread. I think these are great starts. Um, next week, I'll also have futures available. So we'll take a look at some of those and we can sp- sprinkle some money there too. But I think this is a great start. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling excited. And next week, we'll recap how we did. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're, we're going to make some money. But yeah, with that, with that, that wraps up Gambling Corner for this week. We'll move on now to the Skip Bayless Take of the Week. Yes, this is where the more stupid the take, the better. Um, who wants to start us off with our Skip Bayless take of the week? We're getting close to the end, y'all. Bear with us a little bit longer here. Man, I have I have a take, but I don't know if it's dumb enough, so I'm going to go back to the well and really think on this one. Um, I got a take. We're going to play 
we're going to play in the Big 12 title game, and it's not going to be against OU. Oh, yeah, wow. that was pretty, pretty out there. <laughs> you know, I don't think OU is as strong as they have been. Um, I can definitely see Iowa State kind of running the table. Um, and um, I, I think we have the potential to. Um, I don't know if I truly fully believe in this take, but I, I think that we have some potential to make the title game. And, um, you know, I, I could see, it's being, see it being a rematch of Iowa State in Texas. Yeah, I, I think in the group, in the group uh, text earlier, I was saying, like, I think I'm, like, decently confident about this game, but below 50-50 odds we beat TCU. And then I think above 50-50 odds we beat OU. So I'm saying we go 2-1 and one the next three weeks, but the one could be TCU. <laughs> That's going to change. But for now, this one's going really. I think my stupid take is I saw on Instagram this week that Fletcher's Corny Dogs is releasing a first-of-its-kind spicy corny dog this season. And uh, just a hunch, if I don't down an entire spicy corny dog before the game, I think that that's going to curse our team and we'll have zero chance against OU. So I'll be scanning that ticket and running straight under Big Texas legs to the Fletcher stand to get myself a mouthful of spicy corny dog. Spicy corny dog sounds insane. That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll send you the pictures. All right. It's time for our final segment of the day where we make our predictions for this week's game. Uh, It's either Texas by 40 or we lose by 40. Nothing else is your only choices. I'm going to go Texas by 40. No, but but in all seriousness, you can't actually make a prediction too. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Texas, um, thirty-seven, Tech fourteen. Wow. Wait, did we say we're gonna cover? Uh, yeah, that's what our bet is. That is. Oh, that would. Oh, that wouldn't cover on the over and under. Oh well, I think we're gonna go under thirty-seven fourteen. He's hedging wow. his emotions. He just wants to win one thing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, Jake. I'll follow you into that fire. Uh, I'll go. I'll go big. I said earlier we'd both be in the 30s, um, so I'll say 39. Is it possible to score 39? 39, 32. Dang. Very. Weird this is not a very game. common. Yeah, that is a that is not a common score. You never know. Score line. The great Dickers kind of in. You can get some weird scores. More safeties. Keelan's punching balls through the end zone. Leaving five I points have, on the board. I have been to a game where the team ended up with 39 before. So it can't happen. I think for me, Texas by 40, obviously. But I think final score, I also do think will come under. I feel like it'll be Texas 42, TCU 20. TCU. TCU. I'm not TCU. Wait, TCU. I'm I'm drunk. Texas Tech 20. <laughs> I'm already looking ahead. <laughs> I like the eyes on the future. Um, yeah, I think um I think it's gonna be a little closer game than what y'all are saying, but um 
I got to be consistent with my bet, you know. I, I've heard that's a good thing to do in this betting world. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to go with uh, 38.24. So that's barely over. Nice. All right, Ham. Producer Ham, you got to jump in here with your prediction before we sign off. All right. Um, I think, you know, I think it will be close. Um, I'm going with the 41.34. Texas win. So clean slate. We all picked a W. It'll be truly sad next week if, if that doesn't happen. But we right. would have been anyways. Any takeaways? Anything else y'all want to talk about before we sign off this week? Are we back? <laughs> I will when, not when, answer that on any recording of any kind. When when tech fans go to away games, do they bring tortillas or no? I know they do for bowl games. Bowl games, interesting. I don't. I don't think they do it for away games. Gotcha. Yes, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. I get notice them. All right, thank you for joining us. Thank you for all of you who stuck with us for this whole uh, pilot prod podcast of football on the forty. We will see you back every week for the rest of the football season, unless we get tired of doing this. But for now, we're planning on doing this every week. Thank you all for joining us. See you next time.